gets really confusing. Uncertainty causes a lot of confusion, a lot of anxiety, and people can make really bad decisions when they are at the height of uncertainty with their finances, with their business. And it takes, it takes coping skills, I think. It takes really strong coping skills to work your way through these kind of things. Tractionville, the podcast for companies running on EOS. I'm your host, Chris White, along with Benj Miller. And today we've got a special guest uh, in Dr. Dino Signore of the Signore Group. Uh, Dr. Dino has a PhD in business psychology, and uh, at the Signore Group, uh, they focus on helping second stage entrepreneurial businesses scale. And he's also the coach to EOS Worldwide. Dr. Dino, welcome to Tractionville. Hi, hi guys. So, Dino, you're Dino's my coach, and uh, he—I'll be honest with you—he saved my ass more than once. Uh, I really appreciate his counsel, uh, talking me off the ledge multiple times, and I know a lot of other implementers feel that way. But today, I want to talk to you about what's what's happening out there right now with the with the pandemic and its impact on your target market, which is similar to our target market. And I know you've been doing a lot of writing and, and you wrote recently uh, uh, an article about the feeling of uncertainty. And that's really kind of where I wanted to start with you uh, today, uh, Dino, is kind of talk, talk us why you wrote that article, uh, what was the inspiration and uh, uh, how is it helping? Okay. Yeah. Well, it started obviously from a personal standpoint um, and knowing that uh, I had certain um, thoughts about uh, the pandemic. I mean, I think, I think we all knew in business that uh, there, there was a potential for a recession, you know, at any point uh, because uh, those are natural cycles and we've been in uh, a prosperity uh, cycle for some time. So you just sort of know naturally there's going to be one, but, Right. This idea of a, a, a pandemic, uh, which began to accelerate that and uh, began where, you know, us, we were all thinking about what this could be. So we, we probably all went through a period of denial, you know, like, okay, well, it's a long ways away. It's not going to sure. And then it's China. It's China, then, then it's in Europe. And then, okay, all of a sudden it's on our shores in our country. Yeah. And it was a gradual period of time where, where I was thinking about that and feeling myself get more anxious and anxious as it, began to get closer. And I was just noticing the feelings and I thought, well, now that's, that's probably coming from uncertainty, you know, and, and because who knows what this is going to be like. I've been through recessions before. I've never lived through a pandemic and I don't know anybody who has. So that made it really difficult. Like, okay, so I need to think about this some more. And, and I started writing about it. Now, first, the first thing you go to is uh, the, 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 the neuroscience, you know, and the understanding I mean, I'm, I'm not a neurobiologist, but I, I as a psychologist, I think about uh, uh, neuroscience and, and what it can do to, to, uh, to help us be better leaders and be better you know, uh, people you know, and understand our emotions. And so that kind of yeah. started there. And uncertainty is one of those, uh, those major triggers of the SCARF model that, that I became to uh, focus in on. But there's a few others too. Okay, so, so I know SCARF is uh, a term fairly well known in in the EOS circles of implementers, but why don't you tell our listeners about SCARF? 
Well, well SCARF comes from a, a researcher named David Rock, uh, and David uh, put together this idea that there are, uh, the acronym of SCARF stands for status, uh, certainty, autonomy, relatedness, uh, and fairness. And, and when you use that as a lens to, to view uh, companies' policies, managerial behaviors, uh, management techniques, you can start to see the certain things that, that, are, uh, that are actually working against uh, us being effective leaders. And so that's where it came from. And that's where uh, uh, David Rock's work is at. So I sort of, that was something that I felt was a causing a disengagement uh, in the workforce and causing uh, some problems in leadership. Uh, but there's also a positive side to it as well, you know. And so, so the the scarf model combined with the fact that there was a a, a a looming crisis, and this idea of crisis began to be something I I began put together, you know, like okay, there's a crisis part, and there is crisis uh, uh, management techniques out of therapy, and and there's ways to kind of maybe combine those. So I felt like was I like I like combining models and you know putting <laughs> them together and and then see if it makes sense. So that's where my writing started taking me the last couple of weeks. And how is how is SCARF helping leaders managing and, and dealing with their people and their organizations and, and, and with, with everything that's going on? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I, I I'm I can't speak for everybody, you know, but I, I think about you know there it, it, if if it's chaotic inside of your organization right now, and obviously everyone's experienced a little bit of chaos, you know, with all the changes and people working at home and doing this, and where my you know where did the business go, where's the customers go, and that you know my suppliers are doing this. Okay, it's kind of chaotic. The worst thing we want to do then is to make it more chaotic. Okay, <laughs> so that can become a, a, a major problem, and you can really uh, make mistakes there as far as a leader goes. So I think about the positive sides of the scarf model. And being sure that we're working really hard. So I, I actually one of the first articles I put together was let's look at the positive side of SCARF because I've been focused on the the negative things you can do to make things worse. But now let's not do that. Let's do the things that we can improve. So I, I I've been saying let's make it simple. I think that's just the easiest way to look at things. So when it comes to status, uh, what I believe leaders should be doing is is they should be out. Uh, in their in their companies being being as very active and as visible as they can, okay. And and again, active and visibility is is going to be uh, relevant uh, uh, relative to who you are. And and you know what I mean by that is what I'd be doing right now with the status side of things is I'd be asking a lot of questions, right? Because I I want to get a I want to get data from my team because they're smart people hopefully and they're and I, that's why I've hired them. Uh, but when you ask people questions, you're actually elevating their status above you and you're making them feel good. Okay, this is not a time to tell people what to do and give instructions and give orders because that actually tilts uh, the status, you know, bar <laughs> downward. Okay, and it makes people feel like they want to disengage. They feel it makes them anxious. So I think at this point, I'd be going, I'd be asking questions 90% of the time, right? right. So that's one thing, asking a lot of questions. You're going to get good, hopefully good data and questions as simple as, you know, from simple to the complex So simple as how, how are you? Okay. How's your family? Okay. Right. What do you think we should be doing as a company? How can we serve you? It's those kind of servant leadership questions. I believe your ask to tell ratio right now should be about 90% ask versus telling. So, so, okay. So, so that's what I would be trying to do as, as a, as a, 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 a direction I would want to take as a leader. Uh, the certainty part, uh, yeah, this is probably the hard part and that leads us to other things that we can think about, but but I want to make sure that I'm as transparent as I can be right now as a leader. I, I, I want to make sure I tell um, uh, my people, my company, uh, my employees as much as I know about the situation. 
You know, this is not a time to hide in your corner office. This is it, it's the time to be out there and it's the time to be out there telling people what you know right now, you know, and be <laughs> honest and objective as, as you can. If they need to know whatever they need to know. So, you know, the the the, the idea is if, if you you know, you, you can tell them your strategy and obviously you can build this strategy from those conversations that you have, take that data, put together some clear plans. People like people need to know short-term plans right now. What are you doing? Right. So those, you know, those are two things I would think about uh, as important. Uh, then you look at the rest of them. Um, uh, the, the autonomy uh, is, is it's always important as a motivator. Uh, I, you know, this again, this is not a time to micromanage, even though that tendency for some people will be to over control things. This is not the time to do that. This is the time to actually give your teams more space. Yeah. There's a lot of things going on in their lives right now, you know, that you do too. But this is not a time to rein that in and pull that in tighter because they, you could push them away from you. Set goals, right? That's no problem. Set goals together with them and let them do their work. Right? And so uh, the last two I'll go through them pretty quickly is relatedness, uh, which is that we, we like being in groups of people. You know, we, we, we there you know, extroverts love it in particular, you know, they want to be with other people. Uh, it makes us feel good when we are. Now, the, normally I would say what we should be looking at is, you know, building, doing some team building things, doing social events together. Well, it's a little hard right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we really can't run off and do that, but you're going to have to work really hard to keep your, um, your team together in order that they're working virtually. Some simple things can be done. Being sure that you're you're reminding your team of, of who your identity is as a company, you know that needs to be a consistent message to your important stakeholder of the team, yeah. the internal stakeholders. It's like branding to your internal stakeholders. Right. Right. So you know, sending them postcards, sending them uh, uh, maybe sending them a T-shirt with your company's logo on it, whatever reminds them uh, that they're part of the team. Yeah. Uh, with that relatedness piece that keeps them connected to you. And then the last one is fairness, which is you know trying to be as fair as you can be with any any policy decisions that you're trying to make. Now at this point, uh, I would be looking at my leadership team and vetting everything that I uh, through them with that question: Does this seem fair? If it doesn't seem fair, don't do it because <laughs> you kind of really push them away. Right. Right. So you know that that would be a quick run through the scarf model and making a positive side. Yeah, that's. That's powerful. So just for our listeners, it's it's called SCARF, S-C-A-R-F, and it's status, certainty, autonomy, relatedness, and fairness. Um, and uh, you can certainly look up uh, uh, David Rock, you know, Google David Rock, and you'll see the model and all the images to, to what Dr. Dino's talking about. Today's podcast is sponsored by Tractionville. I'm your host, Chris White. And along with my co-host, Ben Miller, we'd like to thank our listeners and sponsors for helping and supporting this podcast. Please like, share, and leave your comments and help us continue to build the EOS community worldwide. You know, can I ask you a super macro question from your point of view? I'm super curious as a business psychologist, you mentioned that um, you know, we were due for a recession, like that we've had 10 years of massive GDP growth, economic growth. And, um, you know, I think traditional investors, economists, they, they all start to have the uncertainty of we're due, right? There's this thing like we're due, it's a bubble, it's got to reset. Do you think, um, I heard somebody explain just their own theory that, 
we had so much of this pent up we're due fear uh, that this could be the thing that just gets it out of our system for another 10 years, even though this is not tied to an economic uh, uh, fix, you know, we're not going back to, to fix a bubble, but it could get rid of that head trash from a business and economic standpoint enough to jettison, jettison in, not just to recover, but also uh, propel us into another five or 10 years. Mm -hmm. oh, it's, it, it's possible, you know, that, that this could be um, almost like a cleansing moment, right? So you kind right. of saying, is this, is this cleansing? Is this thinning the herd? Well, yeah, yeah. They all tend to do that in a certain way, right? And, and it's those companies that can survive this time frame, can, can learn to thrive. I mean, the, the idea of a crisis, sometimes I, I define a crisis as, as this, you know, it's an intersection between danger and opportunity. Okay, it's, it's an intersection there. And, and for, for some uh, businesses, uh, and I, I just think it, it could be, it's gonna be very dangerous time for them. Okay, they could, they could go out of business. It happens with every recession. For other companies, there's gonna be probably uh, opportunities to grow their company. And you, we see it by industry right now. The, the funny part about, as it's funny, the, the, the interesting part about uh, economics and behavioral economics is, is a fascinating field that I like a lot is a, a saying that uh, people, people are irrational. I mean, basic economics is based upon rational man. And I don't think any of us are rational. I think we're all very irrational, you know? And so the, uh, uh, the stock market, people's investments, all that financial stuff usually is built upon a lot of irrationality. Right. And so it's like, so, you know, you can say all day long, it's, you know, it's, it, there's a recession coming, but we don't really know. I mean, nobody really knows. It's, it's like the fun, the odd part about um, uh, the, the, the view of economics, I think sometimes in that, that cycle is, is that when we're, when we're at the height of, of a, a prosperity, it's like we can never remember a time when it was bad. Right. right. So we act like it's always going to be great. Okay. And then, and then when it's bad, we can never remember a time when it was great. So, so, you know, that has a, a, an odd effect. And then, then there's this concept of hurting. I mean, the stock market is based on certainty. I think that in the, any moment that there's anything that feels like the herd is, you know, the quote unquote herd is experiencing any uncertainty, people start shifting in very strange ways. Right. And so some of it, you, you know, you got to kind of pull out say, well, this is, this is real uh, uh, data driven type of uh, reaction or it's not. Gets really confusing. Uncertainty causes a lot of confusion, a lot of anxiety, and people can make really bad decisions when they are at the height of uncertainty, with their finances, with their business, and it takes it takes coping skills. I think it takes really strong coping skills to work your way through these kind of things. And right now, there's a public health crisis, and there's also now uh, added to that an economic crisis. But primarily, I believe I see it as a public health crisis. That's causing the other one right now. For sure, yeah. a little premature too when we were going to normally have it. Yeah, you know we we had um, Scott Mann on before, and he's a, a retired um, Green Beret uh, Lieutenant Colonel, and and one of the things that he was sharing with our listeners, which is applicable here, what you're talking about, is how um, we have to have uh, a daily rhythm, right? And you've heard the term battle rhythm. Right, and and he talks about you know, uh, in the midst of chaos, you you've got to uh, create this everyday rhythm so that your mind can stay focused and clear and open, um, so that you can uh, strategize and, and hopefully make good decisions. And he said, just find some sort of daily cadence mm -hmm. because we're, we're we are in, 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 in things are very uncertain right now. 
And there's a lot out there that you can't control. So focus mm-hmm. on the things that you can control. Create a daily battle rhythm for yourself right. um, so that you can stay open and focused. Um, and, and I just found it very inspirational uh, when he was talking about it. And and you're, you're really saying the same thing. And, and what I'm wondering, so, you know, right now with your clients, what are you doing today to help them get through, uh, you know, their daily regimen? Yeah, I think that's, you know, as, as the role of a helper, which I, I believe we all are, you know, and mm-hmm. we're trying to help these business owners. And, and you know, I, I start with um, kind of thinking about a framework, you know, that, that, that maybe makes sense. And then, and then you're trying to, we're trying to build coping skills, right? They, that lead you to getting into that routine. And the, 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 the model that I think about a lot is that when people go through change, there's like a four step process that we tend to go through and change. Okay. And I've, I've been starting off with this question, <laughs> you know, is like, have you ever been punched in the nose? <laughs> Ben's just wrote an article <laughs> getting punched in the face. Punched in the face. You know, if you've ever been punched in the face, you know, you know, you know that feeling, right? Your, your, your eyes are watering, your nose is probably running, maybe bleeding and, you, and you're, you know, you're slobbering maybe, but you know, you can't get your hands up. You're, you're probably weak in the knees. You may even fall down. Okay. Well, that's impact. The impact of something that comes at our way creates that 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 feeling of being punched in the nose, uh, and, and if and, and we've all experienced that feeling. Well, okay, so that that what's what's Mike Tyson saying a statement about you know everybody has a strategy until they get punched in the face. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we all had strategies. We all have plans for the future. We know it's going to go. The band, there it is. Okay. Well, the next phase after you get punched in the nose, quote unquote, punched in the nose, is you're going to look very disorganized. You know, you, 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 your routines are out of order. I mean, you know, you're, you, you're right. And so you're, you're, people are going to sh- show up and, and, and at work and they're going to be late. Uh, people are going to be uh, trying to keep their, 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 their laundry clean, you know, the basic stuff. Their offices will look disheveled. They will look disheveled, okay? So that's normal. That is normal, okay? And, and, and we have to, as leaders, recognize that, okay, we're a little dis, disorganized right now, and we're going to get reorganized. And so, so us as helpers then can focus on what are those techniques to move people to the organized side of things, because that's the third stage. You get reorganized. And unless you're seriously damaged, you know, by something, you know, you can most likely get reorganized. And then only then, after you get reorganized, do you start to perform. All right, so that, that's another, another model. And us as helpers, and me as a helper, I try to think about what is it that can help you get reorganized. Acknowledging that you're you're disorganized right now. I got it. That makes sense because everybody has been punched in the nose. Okay. Well, that what you're talking. Your example was that idea of help. How do you get reorganized? Well, getting in a routine, getting back into a routine. Even if you're you know you are now at home. I mean, it, it, some people have said that they get up at the same time of the day. Right. They go through the same routine of, you know, taking a shower, shaving, getting dressed the way they normally get dressed and then doing you know, their normal routine and trying to get back to a normal routine is very helpful. There, there's there's obviously other coping skills that come into play, too, uh, that we, we don't want to forget, like exercising, you know, that that's an important piece, you know, that, that is very easy to do. Uh, to forget that. So that's a great way to reduce cortisol in your system is to get into a routine and including including things like eating right, you know, getting into a routine of exercise, being sure you're doing something in that area that, that's aerobic because exercise flushes out cortisol in your system. Uh, and that's that steroid that wakes you up in the middle of the night that makes you feel anxious. So we want to get that out of our systems the best we can. 
uh, uh, meditation, mindfulness does it. Uh, you know, sitting quietly for 10, 15 minutes and just looking at your surroundings uh, would be doing it. Um, you also probably want to begin rationing how much uh, social media you're using as far as watching the news. Uh, I'm not you know, railing against media, but I just think that they love to tell us all the bad news. And our brains like that and, and yeah. we want to go toward that, but that's going to release a lot more cortisol. Yeah. Uh, and so I try to, I'm trying to ration that down now, you know, like I, I don't want to be oblivious of things. So it's those kind of things. We can, we can do some techniques as there's, there's a, you know, there's a few others we can do. I think that I've been helping as well. Yeah. But oh. did, I, did I hear you also say that we should expect some form of this when, you know, on the week that we say, Hey, we're going back to the office and everybody comes back in and it's, it's almost a micro punch in the face. I think that'll be uncharted territory, Bench, when we get back to that. I was asked that question last week. So what's going to happen when we ask people to come back? You know, that that will feel unusual again. You know, we may have just gotten used to it. I, I can imagine that some companies are going to say, I kind of like that old approach. I, don't, I thought we got more stuff done. I'm not sure why I even have to have people come back in my office. That could be something we learn, you know, through this process. But yeah, when they come back, now it's like, okay, I got to get back into a different routine. And they may look disorganized. Their, their life will be interrupted again. Now, yeah. now, people who have a growth mindset can actually move through this, these stages a little bit faster. Mm -hmm. People who have a fixed mindset may have trouble, right? And there's almost always going to be some casualties with change, you know, psychologically and emotionally. And not everybody will go through that. So, so I, if, I think what would be important is make sure that you, you look at your employee assistance programs right now. You're encouraging people to use those things because everybody's going to individually going to deal with these, these challenges uh, individually and, and separately in a different way. Some people will, will, will go through it easily. Some people will, will struggle. Uh, some people will just be, be damaged beyond our ability to help them. And they probably need to seek, you know, professional clinical help. So I think a lot of the leaders, you know, listening, you know, the reason they're listening is because they have a growth mindset. Right. That's yeah. one of the things that you find common ground in a community like EOS. Um, but we we have lots of employees. So if we have employees that we can articulate, have a, a more of a fixed mindset, how do we help them? Well, if they can be helped, I mean, you're, you we want to encourage them to uh, to learn, to be curious uh, to, to, you know, to challenge their own way of thinking, uh, there, there could be, you know, obviously during team conversations, asking them to argue against the, the point that the team could be talking about. I mean, so it takes a lot of coaching, a lot of time, uh, fixed mindset, uh, individuals are those type of individuals who feel like they're complete. They're already, they don't need to grow anymore at all. Um, and I think it could be one of those great levelers, you know, you were talking about earlier, you know, that, well, maybe I don't know why that person's here in my company. Uh, maybe I've got them doing the wrong task anyway. I, I, I want to be surrounding myself with growth mindset people, you know, and so I, I think because they're flexible, they're for curious, sure. they're, 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 they're striving for learning something at whatever level. Uh, and there uh, is that flexibility part uh, that, that is, is really uh, important right now, that, that we can face it, you know, we can, we, can, we can cope with it and whatever comes our way, we can adjust to it and be agile uh, along the way. Well, I'm, I'm just, you know, you talk about getting punched in the face, uh, you know, the growth mindset can adapt faster, right? So those people that got punched in the face, they've got a fixed mindset, they're probably feeling 
the punch a lot longer and a lot stronger than you or I might. Oh yeah, they're not going to get back up as fast. <laughs> they're still on the ground. They're still on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, they could be, and and you know we we want to help them. I mean, the 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 humane thing to do is to help people get back up on their feet. That's you know? right. You know, so there's but there is limitations to what a leader can do, uh, and and so we want to make sure we understand our own personal boundaries. You know that that okay, look, we're we're not all clinical psychologists. Uh, we may have to bring some of those professionals in to help the people that are are I, I say you know sort of casualties of change in a certain way. There will be people who will be psychologically damaged and, and they just, we just have to send them to professionals. Uh, people who will be maybe um, more around just, I, I don't have the skill sets to do the new thing, they'll have, they could be trained. If it's that kind of question, like I don't really know how to work a computer very well or do video conferencing right. very well. Well, okay, we can give you the skills to do that. Uh, but isn't understanding, you know, parsing it out, who's the people that you really need to keep and can they change? and. Uh, I, I would be looking at my hiring practices going forward. Like, am I hiring growth mindset individuals? Lots of good articles out there on that right now. Well, that, that makes me think of, can a fixed mindset move to a growth mindset? I think everything's possible like that, sure. I mean, again, as a growth mindset person, I would say, yeah, I would, I would think so. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's what I'm sitting here saying to myself. Well, yeah, I mean, but then, but, but listen, we all, <laughs> we, all know, we all know people, you know, they're just wired that way, right? right? And so to your point, when, when they come back to work, right, uh, that's another micro, you know, punch in the face, like Ben said. And, and we're going to have to extend grace. We're going to have to give it a, a hand, right? Yeah. And, and help them out. But they could, they're just wired that way. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, you know, the, um, the, the neuroscience shows us that, you know, the neurons that get uh, uh, wired together, fire together is the same. So if you've gone through most of your life, you know, with, with a fixed mindset, uh, it may be really difficult to rewire those neurons. I mean, I, but I, I, again, I think that you can with, 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 with coaching, with right. uh, uh, therapy. Uh, whatever it needs to have, that's, you know, finding a good clinical psychologist, if you were that far in that, that range, I mean, we always look at everything on a, on a spectrum, you know, uh, and psychology, right? So you've got most of us in the population, you know, are in the middle, could do a little bit of both, uh, but there are some extremes out there. The extreme fixed mindset individual, it may be impossible for them to actually change. Right. And, and so that, again, I, I, I don't wish them harm, but maybe they don't. I don't want them in my company. Well, no, they, they, they might self-select out, or or you might just come to that point where, hey, we're we're no longer a good fit for one another. And yeah, yeah, know, exactly. Yeah, I think people used to say, well, I just want that kind of employee who just shows up and does that routine work and runs that machine over and over again. But I think we're even finding that even even now and today, that even if you are in that type of uh, of work setting, we still need people to think. We still need to solve different problems, you know, and, and so we're, we're seeing more and more pressure on that fact that you're, you're going to have to be able to be, uh, you know, uh, as smart on the job, right? And so so that is an important piece for today. So, you know, yeah, I think that we, we want to not bring those folks into the company if that's at all possible. Yeah, yeah. And, and those, you know, those great, the, the really great leaders really practice that part of autonomy. Like you said, you know, your, your, um, you give them more space, right? And, and get right. out of their way. And, right. and they're the ones doing the work. So therefore, the, you know, let them tell you 
you know, what works, what doesn't work, right? Again, more at 90% uh, listening um, and 10% talking, right? Oh yeah, yeah. The, the whole the whole um, discipline of leadership is really shifting in front of us right now. You know, looking at once you learn some of these techniques and being able to separate what what works, you know, what really works and what doesn't work. I mean, I think there's a there's a, biz, a real disconnect between what's what science social science knows now and what business sometimes does. And it's like we're starting to bridge that gap. Like, okay, wait, some of these techniques that we learned 120 some years ago don't work and we got to start taking those and, and stop doing them yeah like to stop doing right and so we got to find and it's it's ever evolving how does the leader shift from that person who is there asking lots of questions who is who's trying to uh, create situations where there isn't group think going on that that actually builds in some dissent and allows for that to happen because so many stories about where where that doesn't occur you know, hierarchy gets in our way and authority gets in our way and disasters then occur you know, and so I'd like to avoid those disasters in the future. Yeah, that's for sure. Are you, you, you went, you started to tiptoe into a, a territory. Do you, are you familiar with Dr. Caroline Leaf? I'm not, no. Okay. No. Um, I can't remember that she's written a bunch of books, um, switch on your brain, rewire your brain, but she talks about, uh, she, she gives very practical, uh, science, you know, research driven, uh, methodology on how to rewire your brain um it's pretty neat i've gone through it a few times with my wife mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah that's that's uh the comment i would make about it is is this uh look his little historically looking at psychology as a discipline i mean it, it began with people like sigmund freud and and and, and jung and and those those brilliant thinkers pretty much viewed you as well if, if you were broke or something you know that you had a problem you, you pretty much you're probably not going to change you know they would they would find ways to help you uh with conversations but okay you're 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 there now over the years that began to evolve different parts of psychology came into play and and, and then now you, you know there's the idea of positive psychology which is that we once we start learning about our brains we have the ability to do metacognition which is is this idea that we can think about our thinking Yes. Right? So, so right. So we can think about our thinking, and while you're thinking about your thinking, you're actually rewiring the neurons. Yes. Right. And so, so that's kind of where it comes from. So, uh, it, and I, I think that that we can. It obviously, is, it's a it's a big field. Uh, I, I I'm interested in in looking at you know tying rewards to efforts, and and that I think that helps us rewire some uh, that maybe that victim feeling of the environment's hurting us and causing our problems. But that fixed mindset, we can start to talk about. What are they thinking? So as a coach, that's something that you try to work on with your clients. Let's talk about why you're thinking this way. Let's talk about uh, what your intentions are. Let you think about your thinking. And that's kind of why mindfulness works so well. You know, that right. we, it actually is rewiring your brain. And, and, it's, and it's usually a good thing. I sat down a, a couple of weeks ago and I, I created two lists, okay, on a piece of paper. I mean, I, I simply wrote down on one list, what are the things that I can control? Okay, that was one list and it was just my exercise. And I thought well, I can control my diet. I can certainly control if I'm doing my, my, my stretching and my yoga, I can control my exercise. I can increase that, okay. Uh, on the other piece of paper, I wrote a list of things I cannot control. I had to sit down and go, okay, what is it I can't control, right? And so I, as much as I love to create and invent the vaccine, I can't do that, okay? <laughs> as much as I would like to stop a recession from happening, I can't control that, okay? 
And you look at the list, and then, and then the, the psychological term that uh, I became aware of is this idea of surrender, all right? And so, so I, I, and it doesn't mean giving up. It doesn't mean being a victim. It means, it means I'm just not going to put any more mental energy into that list over there that I cannot control. I, I can't even really influence. I can only influence me. I can only influence people that are around me, okay? So I surrender to the list over there. Can't, I can't do that. I can't, I can't stop that, okay? I can control what I'm doing but I can't control some things, right? So then that became the part that helped me start to calm my mind down. Like, okay, calm that down. Only focus on what I can control, right? Because sometimes our tendency is to go into hyper control. Hyper control right now doesn't really help them uh, physiologically, mentally right now at all. It makes them probably even more stressed out. So they've got to, we have to learn as leaders uh, to self-regulate. Is, is what we're what I'm stressing these days. What is it that you should be acting on? What is it that you should not be acting on? And then focusing your efforts there, focusing your team on those things. And then one last thing is that I, I want to remind um, uh, myself and people that I know and I'm working with as a coach, there are parts of me that are not flawed, okay? That are not broken. They weren't broken before. They're not broken now, but it's very easy to get into that negative spiral thing, yeah. you know, right? And then we forget what brought us to here, what brought us, all of us, you know, that are listening in right now, uh, that, that are watching, uh, 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 you know, that, that there's things, right? There's your work ethic, there, there, there's just something in your values and your purpose that's not flawed. And same thing in your company, not flawed, not flawed. <laughs> so we got to remind ourselves of what that is. Um, and, then, and then we want to lean on those things, right? That that's going to carry you through. What are your core competencies? What are your strengths? What are your best core values? those things in business, even us individually, the same thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we got the tool called Clarity Break in EOS, right? And, and it's really journaling um, about whatever part of the business, you know, you have authority over and accountability. Um, and, and the cadence can be whatever you want it to be. Uh, it can be daily, you know, weekly, bi-weekly, bi-monthly, once a month. Um, and we were, we, we, I was talking about this with someone the other day, uh, kind of to your point about, you know, just creating a list, you know, it, it, the, the act of just getting it out of your head and on paper right there, you're, you're releasing it, right? And, um, and, and, and that is a good practice and the Clarity Break's a great tool uh, for that. Um, the other thing that, that you made me think of, you know, as, as I've been, you know, going through this, right? We all have our individual experiences. And, and really that part that you were just talking about is, is, is about keeping our confidence. And I landed a couple of weeks ago on sort of, you know, I've been kind of building my uh, battle rhythm, if you will, to, to, to set up each day as I walk from uh, my, my bedroom to the coffee maker to my office, <laughs> all in about five minutes, hey, I'm at work. <laughs> um, and, and I landed on these three things, um, stay calm, right? And that's all about, you know, how are you know, the deep breathing exercises, just, you know, reducing that cortisol, keeping that at bay as best I can, stay calm, um, stay confident, and it's protecting your own confidence, right? Because you're 100% you're right. You know, I'm pretty doggone good at several things here and before the, the, the pandemic, and I'm still pretty doggone good right now. 
Well, remember that, you know, return to your training, return to your basics, right? And be confident in those. Yeah, and then the third, the third one is stay focused. Mm-hmm. And, and again, that goes back, again, you create this list and, and uh, one of those lists could be, you know, take a, take a piece of paper and draw a vertical line down the center and the left-hand side are essentials and the right-hand side are non-essentials mm-hmm. and build your list and then go from there. You know, the non-essentials, you can prioritize them, park them, um, and then focus on the essentials, prioritize those. And, you know, again, you're creating this battle rhythm. And and the other part is uh, stay focused on your training and what you know. Like all of our clients who are running on EOS, now is the time to double down on the five foundational tools. Now, you may pivoting, you may be making some changes, but the idea is, to stay focused, right? Uh, Green Berets don't parachute in behind enemy lines and when they gather, they don't say, hey, uh, let's scratch our our plan and training and let's go rogue. (laughs) So so stay focused uh, uh, on your training with EOS. So stay calm, stay confident, and stay focused is just evolved from that, my, my, my mantra every day and I'm sharing it with everybody like I am now. And it speaks to those things that you've been talking about, um, you know, so so that I can, because I am growth mindset, and all three of us are, um, and uh, I want to uh, uh, I want to be able to get through it and come out the other side like everybody else. Um, another thing that's been circulating all around, you know, the internet and the U.S. worldwide is the Stockdale paradox, right? Admiral mm-hmm. Stockdale was seven year uh, POW. And, how do you make it? And he, he talks about, um, you know, the optimist didn't make it. And, and uh, so it's balancing your optimism with the brutal reality of your current situation, right? And uh, very, all very interesting stuff and uh, uh, a lot of good stuff that can help us, right, as we lead our organizations and our people, you know, through this. So uh, a lot of great stuff, a lot of great stuff. Well, Dino, uh, I can't thank you enough. Uh, I, I always enjoy um, our conversations and uh, you've dropped a lot of golden nuggets uh, here in the short amount of time we've been together. And uh, I think there's, you know, there's gonna be a lot of good stuff here for people. Uh, where can people uh, learn more about you and the Signori Group? Uh, the website would be a place to go. Uh, it's just uh, the signorigroup.com, uh, S-I-G-N-O-R-E-G-R-O-U-P, all one word. They can all find me word. there. Uh, obviously, I, I, I also have a, a LinkedIn site, and, and I'd be happy um, to have you, you know, if you want to join my LinkedIn site, that's fine too. <clears throat> and, you know, I can send that information to you guys if you want to follow up. But. Yeah, we'll include all that in the show notes uh, so that we make it easy for, for people to uh, to reach out and find you. And uh, and uh, if you're if you're struggling right now, um, a leader or manager of, of, in your business, uh, I highly recommend uh, uh, reach out to, to Dr. Dino. I'd be He's happy a, to help. Th- thanks for having me on. Tractionville, hope you enjoyed this special episode during these special times. We'll see you back Tuesday for a normal episode of Tractionville Tuesday. Until then, be safe.